Welcome to the Citizens for Health radio show on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts, Jim Turner and Peter Mingles. Make sure you check us out by clicking on the Citizens for Health radio show link on buildingfortunesradio.com. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. Citizens for Health provides over 100,000 supporters with consumer news, action alerts, and opportunities to take action. For nearly two decades, Citizens for Health has been a nonprofit pioneer in the natural health freedom movement. The Citizens for Health Education Foundation offers tools to inform the public of health issues and educate and influence policymakers. Jim Turner is here to spread the word about some of the most interesting topics that can affect your world, from the dangers of mislabeled or dangerous products to the questions and concerns of vaccines. You'll want to listen to Jim as he speaks on behalf of Citizens for Health. And now, on to our show with Jim Turner and Peter Mingles. Take it away, Peter. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to us live on Building Fortunes Radio. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. And if you're catching this live, you probably figured out you can go to buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash live and be able to listen in on any kind of an Internet-connected listening device. So whether it's your PC, your tablet, your smartphone, or whatever else you might have that you can listen on stuff, on the Internet, if you go to buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash live, you can catch us there. If you dial 347-237-4097, that's dialing 347-237-4097 when we're live, you'll be able to actually listen in. And uh, you can also catch us sometimes on the Amazon device. And i got to shut her off now, otherwise she'll start talking to me. Alexa. So for all those people that have Bill's Alexa devices, if you go to Alexa and you say uh, play Building Fortunes Radio, you'll be able to play this Building Fortunes Radio show segment as well. So we're all over the place, and we're picked up on TuneIn and iTunes and all over as well. It is always a great pleasure and distinction to have Jim Turner on his radio show. We do this one at noon on Friday Eastern Time, and today is the first one we're doing of 2019. And uh, Jim's a really busy attorney over in Washington, D.C. He runs with an organization called Citizens for Health. They have a great website, citizens.org, and we support a lot of the things that he does, including fundraising for the homeopathy uh, scenario that he's going to probably talk a little bit about today on our radio show. But I am always happy to have Jim Turner here live. You can listen to any of our previous radio shows for an education that you just won't get anywhere else. And make sure you sign up for the newsletters as well. With those action alerts, you can find out a lot of stuff that's going on that you probably didn't know about. And I've made some measurable changes in my life as a result of some of the things that Jim Turner has brought up on our radio show. So I want to say thank you for Jim Turner being here and especially live today. So thanks, Jim. Well, thanks a lot, Peter. I appreciate all those comments. And, uh, yes, I think uh, you, uh, any of your li- uh, listeners that would like to should uh, you know, come over to Citizens for Health, take a look at the website, sign up for the action alerts. Uh, we're, uh, we're doing a lot of interesting things there, and we're going to be doing more. Um, uh, you mentioned the homeopathy situation. We are uh, firmly behind Americans for Homeopathy Choice, uh, which is a, a group of uh, mothers who uh, have been using homeopathy for a number of years with their families. Uh, And then the FDA a year ago jumped in and said, we're going to change the entire homeopathy uh, regulatory process. And they did it in a way that I personally, as an attorney, believe is not proper in accordance with the law and in a way that would make it very difficult for homeopathic products to stay on the market. Uh, Basically, what they were planning to do uh, was to say that all uh, they were going to say they will treat all homeopathic drugs just as, they, as if they were new pharmaceutical products, 
and require them to go through the um, uh, the new drug application process, uh, which, uh, according to experts that have testified in hearings we've held, we've been involved in, uh, would be a minimum of $100 million per uh, active ingredient. Uh, that's not something any homeopathic product could do. Uh, the premise that the FDA came up with was they would not require that for anything they determined in their own mind was not uh, was not a problem, but that they would do it for things that uh, people are using, they are not paying much for, they are working well, there's no evidence of any harm, uh, but they're saying, well, maybe people will take uh, homeopathic uh, pharmacy products rather than uh, uh, the more uh, dangerous products, the ones that have dangerous chemicals that uh, need to be evaluated for their risk-benefit ratio. Now, if they take homeopathic drugs first, they'll be taken away from using these other drugs. Uh, The whole convoluted argument is one that we need to really bring into the law. The law says homeopathic drugs are, in fact, uh, recognized. They are, in fact, allowed to be used. They are not, in fact, new drugs. They've been around for over 200 years. Uh, they have not caused any harm. They are considered generally recognized as safe. And we're saying on the basis of all of that, uh, there's no law anywhere that says they have to go through the new drug process. So that's all being litigated, or first of all, we're going with a petition to the FDA, and then we're going to go from there to a court. I'm sure the FDA will um, – um, they, may, they may just go ahead and say, yes, we think you're right and do it the way that we're asking, but uh, most likely they won't. They, they generally don't. They generally move forward with whatever they've proposed. So um, it's going to be a long, interesting uh, uh, debate, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, the main reason this is occurring, I think, is because uh, of the homeopathic uh, uh, marketplace is the fastest-growing alternative marketplace that there is. Uh, and um, every time you take, every time you spend a dollar on homeopathy, a hundred dollars. Uh, is taken out of the pharmaceutical marketplace, and they're saying there's uh, they're saying six billion dollars is being spent on homeopathic products, uh, and uh, that starts to add up to real money. So in any case, that's one that we're pushing uh, very hard, and we want everyone to know about it. And I think people should uh, uh, look into this and realize that there are alternatives there that don't require uh, uh, the first the first in, uh, intervention to be uh, pharmaceuticals. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> maybe they can um, save themselves some good health and some good money. And there are great stories on the Americans for Homeopathy Choice website about people who've used homeopathy, and uh, they've had some good meetings with FDA, and uh, uh, FDA is, is, is listening uh, kind of half-heartedly in some ways, although they're being very nice and very responsive in their communications. We can't figure out what their policy positions are. Um, so... That's the thing you mentioned about homeopathy, and um, ask me some questions if you've got any, Peter. Well, we have a very interesting situation now with the government shutdown. So there's some agencies that are stopped working, uh, and I guess they can't even go in on a voluntary basis. And I really haven't followed a lot of the stuff on the news because I can't stand to watch the news anymore. Uh, it's just absolutely become it's the reason why I cut cable and it's the reason why uh, I missed a lot of the news broadcasts on New Year's Eve I just cannot stand watching the traditional mainstream stuff because it's so convoluted and so skewed so what is happened but however from the little bit that I glimpsed over some of the headlines that I saw I saw things like the IRS is down 
uh, you know, as far as some stuff, which is probably going to complicate things. Uh, FTC, FDA might even be down because they're running out of money in their budget. So could you highlight a little bit of that since you're in Washington, D.C., and probably have a closer handle yeah, on what's well, going on with the government uh, shutdown? Apparently, it's, it's, it's not that easy to tell exactly what's going on because they're uh, all different kinds of categories. So there are uh, a number of agencies where everybody's gone home and they aren't working at all. There are other agencies where they are not uh, being paid, but they're coming in anyway. Uh, I think between them they cover something less than a third of the government. Uh, big operations like the Defense Department uh, and so on are working. Justice Department's not. Uh, I believe I, I, it's a good. You asked me a question and I had never looked to see, but I think uh, FDA is still functioning. But I'm not absolutely positive of that. Uh, maybe we can check that out, and I'll I'll can let you know. You can let your people, uh, listeners know. Oh, um, I saw the FTC and the FCC. I don't think I've seen anything about the FDA, but I haven't yeah, been looking. They, I've been just looking yeah. at the headlines scroll across my desk. Well, well, the, but the the interesting thing is that the battle it's a funny battle because um, uh, on on the one side is Trump saying he wants a five five billion dollar down payment on a on a, a, a permanent wall across the the southern border. Uh, that's what he's saying in his uh, tweets and so forth. Uh, then um, the Democrats, uh, led by um, by Pelosi, uh, have said uh, they'll put 1.5 billion dollars up for security on the southern border. Uh, so there's an argument over the amount of money, 1.5 billion versus five uh, five billion. Uh, then there's an argument over whether it's a wall or something else. Um, uh, uh, Trump has now begun talking about it as a barrier. Uh, and uh, maybe a steel screen and stuff like that, uh, with the wall question uh, beginning to sort of sort of slip into the background. Um, the Kelly that just left the White House says that they dropped the idea of a concrete wall uh, over 18 months ago, and it's never been an issue that they were planning to push. Uh, on the other high, on the other side, Pelosi's team is saying, look, uh, with uh, with drones and electronics and uh, GPS. Uh, we have a much better control over the border than we do with the wall. So let's put our $1.5 billion into uh, the, the technology, uh, and uh, we can put there. And by the way, there are already are barriers uh, in key places in the, in the southern border. Uh, those can be beefed up in, accor- in accordance with the Pelosi plan. But she's saying we don't need – by the way, remember the $5 billion is a down payment for $25 billion, which uh, generally these government contracts expand pretty – Pretty quickly, so we're probably looking at something upwards of 25 billion, above 25 billion. Um, and Pelosi saying, "Look, for 1.5 billion, we can get started on an electronic uh, barrier. Uh, we already have a physical barrier in many places. We can beef those up too." So it's it's two issues, I guess. One is how much money, 1.5 billion now versus 5 billion now. Uh, I think both are probably down payments. So the 5 billion is being acknowledged as a down payment. The um, the uh, 1.5 billion, probably a down payment, but in any case, it's going. It's, they're arguing it should go to electronics. And the way I look at the world, I suspect there are two big industries fighting it out in the background. One is the conventional uh, build-a-wall type industry, you know, kind of a construction industry, and on the other side is uh, probably the uh, electronics industry. Um, it turns out that drones are now the hottest thing going in uh, electronics, apparently. They want to do drones everywhere in the world all the time for all kinds of stuff, delivering medicine and providing first aid and bringing food and so forth. And uh, they just finished the drone, uh, the commercialization drone 
rules were just finished by the uh, federal committee of, of FAA. Uh, so, um, you know, we're in for, you know, there's something going on here that's, that's, that's a whole lot bigger than uh, this, this man and woman fighting in public. Um, there's lots of forces at play here. And uh, whoever, uh, whoever uh, how, however the flow goes, uh, one group stands to make a whole lot of money and the other group stands to lose a whole lot of money. And uh, I think that's kind of what's going on. And unfortunately, as this battle rages, there are a whole bunch of people, I think 300,000 or more, no, it's actually about 480,000, I think, who are uh, either not working uh, or are not working, are working but not for pay. Uh, and uh, that's one, there's another group, that's the federal employees, but there's another group who are contractors. The federal employees will eventually get paid. Uh, the contractors will not. They are just losing money every day. They lose money. If they don't get paid today, they don't ever see that money again. And uh, that's um, a pretty large group of folks as well. So um, part of this, from the general point of view that, that we bring to it, uh, is um, the fact that uh, the kinds of forces that are loose in the world today uh, are not easily contained. I mean, these are 21st century forces. Uh, there's population, there's technology, there's uh, um, uh, a, a whole range of the economics, a whole range of things uh, which are um, very volatile, moving very, very fast, and they're being managed by institutions that were thought up in the 18th century and fleshed out in the 19th century. We used them reasonably effectively in the 20th century, but uh, things have gone so fast. And, you know, money flows more, much more fast and much more uh, powerfully and, and rapidly, uh, population moving all over the place. Uh, uh, you, we've got uh, just lots of forces underway, and uh, these institutions are not really designed to be uh, quick-moving and, uh, and, uh, and, and shrewd. I mean, they're kind of clunky. And uh, we're going to be working on, you know, this, this country is going to be working on sorting that out for the next, you know, 20, 30 years, it looks like, at a minimum. So that's what I think is going on here in Washington, and I don't know whether the FDA is, is nobody working or people working without pay or whether they're even paid. Very interesting. So uh, were there any other topics that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, Citizens has interesting things going on. Uh, and we do have an interesting project that's going to launch uh, this week. Uh, I think uh, I think they'll be up online. Uh, maybe it'll be early next week. They'll be up. Yeah, this is Friday, so it'll be sometime next week. They'll be up online with uh, our uh, Natural Colors Coalition, and this is a very um, a very um, interesting initiative that we're undertaking. Um, be, we're, we're we're very concerned that. Every time there's an issue that comes up, we end up with a fight. Uh, now, we as consumers, uh, citizens for health, want consumers to have access to natural colors, to to good, you know, don't bring harm into your life. And unfortunately, uh, artificial colors are a source of serious health problems, uh, uh, at least for a minority of the population. And we suspect that when something affects some people very seriously, it's probably affecting other people in subtle ways. So we believe that natural colors are better than, um, than uh, colors that are, are artificial, and so we're launching the Natural uh, Colors uh, Coalition. Uh, but the way we want to do it is with the industry rather than against the industry. 
What's happened in the past is that uh, a lot of companies, big companies, have really taken on the idea that they want to use natural colors. There are natural colors producers, and we're working with them. And the idea is that um, the companies have said, we want to do this. We're interested in doing this. But we get the impression, and we have actually been told to some extent, that they don't get the sense that consumers are really pushing that hard for it. So they're putting it as a lower priority. So what we want to do is get it across to the corporations that have said they're interested in using natural colors that the public wants it, our consumers want it. We want people, so we're asking, uh, the the project is to ask consumers to write to their favorite brands and say, we like your brand, however we would like it better if you use natural colors. And uh, many of these companies are already on record publicly saying they do intend to use natural colors, but they've been kind of dragging their feet. They've been saying this for the last couple of years but not doing much. My experience is that an awful lot of things don't get done, even though people want to do them, just because other stuff becomes much more urgent in the news or some kind of boycott or some kind of argument or something happens. And so they have to drop everything that's routine and developing nicely. They have to drop that and go to something that is suddenly broken out as a fire that they have to put out. And we're, we're working on the colors issue now, the colors coalition, and we're looking for other situations where there are uh, people really interested in creating a better food supply who are manufacturing food products who are interested in a healthy food supply uh, and would just like to know that consumers are really interested in having that happen and would like to know directly to them. So that's what we're doing there. And it's, I think, a very interesting project. I'd like your folks to, you know, uh, that are listening to go over the Citizens website uh, sometime next week just and look for it, or, you know, I'll talk about it again next week, I suppose. And I think that's something that's interesting as a new initiative. So uh, that's one thing that we're doing there that uh, we think is inter- exciting and interesting and valuable. Now, do you see anything happening? Like, are there any... Uh, trends or topics that you think might be hot in 2019? Like these are the things that we really need to look forward to being hot topics, whether it's vaccines um, or whether it's uh, drugs or whether it's anything well, else. Well, there, there are three topics that I think fall into that category that are going to be quite volatile uh, in, in our window, in our space. One of them, you mentioned you touched on vaccines. And vaccines are really getting to be uh, quite an issue. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's fascinating the way that uh, the issue gets distorted. The very specific, clear issue is the question of whether or not every child should be forced by law to take all the vaccines that the CDC recommends. And we strongly disagree with that. We do not believe that the government should mandate anything except in an extreme situation where it's necessary and it can be shown to be safe and effective. Otherwise, every individual should make a choice about how they and their family are going to relate to something like vaccines. And there's a massive amount of data showing that the careful and and targeted use of vaccines can be effective, while the mass use of vaccines can be very counterproductive. And when I say counterproductive, I, I want to point at things like the fact that when we have these so-called measles outbreaks, a significant 
portion of the individuals pushing 50% are people who have been vaccinated. And we want to point out that anyone who wants to get vaccinated can get vaccinated, and if vaccinations are as good as folks say, they will be protected. We're not sure that's true with the data showing that people who are vaccinated sometimes, and maybe as much as a quarter to a half the time, do get uh, the disease they're vaccinated against, they, there are issues there. And a, a smart person might want to choose not to take the vaccines. Uh, the second reason why there's a problematic issue on vaccines and why mandating them is not a sound policy is that the federal government has paid over $4 billion to families whose children have died or been harmed seriously by vaccines. That's $4 billion. Um, We'll, uh, we'll probably be calling attention on Citizens for Health to a program that's going to be on this Sunday. Uh, it's uh, um, 10 o'clock Sunday morning here in Washington, but, uh, and it will be on the Internet. You can go to our site and find out about it. Uh, 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 but um, it's going to show that the government has not been playing uh, fairly with the data that is presented to the vaccine court about vaccines causing harm so that their own expert had raised serious questions in a particular case about vaccine injuries and they hid that data. That's an important fact that adds to our concerns about mandating vaccines. So you have a mandated vaccine which may may not prevent a disease which does cause serious harm, up to $4 billion paid out by the federal government, and in which the government is not being totally forthcoming about the data that raises questions about safety. So I think that's going to be a very hot issue going into, uh, into this next coming year. A second hot issue is the opioid problem. There's a there's going to be a struggle between drug companies that want to provide additional drugs to get people off of opioids or to protect them against opioid addictions and the non-pharmaceutical interventions. And there are many non-pharmaceutical interventions, one of them being homeopathy, that can in fact address A, pain, and B, can uh, wean people off of addictions that they've gotten by taking opioids before. Uh, these, this is going to be a big issue. FDA uh, has already uh, asked for proposals on non-pharmaceutical interventions into the opioid crisis, and various folks are putting those in there. I mean, just for an example, acupuncture has a role to play in helping people with pain so they don't have to go on opioids. Uh, in fact, there are, pro- uh, there are non-pharmaceutical interventions, including homeopathy, that are being used in hospitals uh, as they remove opioids from their protocols. So that, I think, will be a hot issue coming up, and it's something to be looked into. Uh, You know, you look into it and uh, make sure your friends are fully aware of all of the choices there. And a third issue that's coming up that I think will be very hot over the next year uh, is the uh, 5K question. Uh, basically, 5K is being hyped. It's a hype. It's a slogan. It's not. There's no new technology involved. Basically, uh, they yelled 5K, 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 and then got a special deal for the narrower, shorter wavelengths that had not been sold by the government yet. They had a big option on those wavelengths, 
on Verizon and T-Mobile and so forth um, bid for those and got them, and now they've got a very nice little thing which they have to hype, and they need to hype it because the uh, the uh, I'm sorry, 5G. I'm sorry about that. It's 5G. I didn't. I'm back in the old days when 5K was this. It's 5G. Uh, the five, fifth generation, fifth generation, um, the fifth generation of um, of uh, EMF, basically, of, and it's wireless. What you need in this country is a wired system, a 5G wired system. We're actually calling it 6G and wired completely, and then supported by uh, an integrated, carefully designed and used supplemental supplemental wireless system, and we call the combined system 7G, seventh generation. And the idea is that we have a way of creating all of the capabilities that we have and can imagine uh, in our uh, communications world with a minor reliance on Wi-Fi rather than a massive reliance on Wi-Fi, and what is most fascinating is that the companies that are making the Wi-Fi have raided public funds that were raised to put in the wired system. And the wired system has been laid all over the country, but it's not being used very well uh, from the uh, towers to the houses, uh, houses and offices. And uh, they raided the money that was designed to expand the wireless system and used it to expand. It was raised to uh, support the wired system, and they rated it to use it to expand the wireless system. And it's one of these things that uh, what happens when these uh, corporations, which are essentially um, uh, alternative governments, they have government power of massive, uh, massive sort, and they get basically government money to carry out their government policies, uh, and they call it the free market, which it's not. It's, a, it's an administered market. Uh, and people who are opposed to the uh, administrative state should seriously look on the issue of the administered marketplace. And people who are really interested in free markets, that free markets, should actually look at the issue of uh, making the uh, individual have more rights in relation to the state, more to the government, more opportunities to make choices. So, for example, choosing to uh, decide on vaccination, choosing to decide on whether they want smart meters and wireless uh, all over their neighborhood, uh, choosing on uh, what kinds of drugs they're going to be able to use and not be forced to use pharmaceuticals. Uh, and this is true in every single marketplace. Uh, the government and the corporate community get together and force the public to do things. Uh, and in return, the government and the corporations put huge amounts of money, corporate welfare it's called, uh, into uh, creating profits for, uh, for various uh, uh, owners of, of, of businesses, some of whom are stockholders, uh, but mostly they're not stockholders. Stockholders get about uh, the total amount that stockholders get from uh, corporate uh, cash flow is around 15%. And... Um, Management gets about 60%, and management's where all the money's made. Stockholders make relatively small amounts of money, uh, but management really, really rakes it in, and they use it to do things like push smart meters, push uh, mandatory vaccination, push uh, the idea of um, uh, uh, 5G, 
those are things that are um, going to be hot in the next year and probably the next two years. I think the next two years because of this Congress. It's going to be, uh, you thought you didn't like the news uh, up until now, just uh, this next two years is going to be massive amounts of PR battling on TV while fundamental structures of the society are being played out back in the quiet. So that's true. You asked me a question, I gave you an answer. Are you there? I'm here. I We had the crows in my backyard again, so I kind of muted myself out so we didn't have to hear the crows. Um, from the From the food that I placed and the crows started to eat, as opposed to me feeding the birds, which you correctly politically <laughs> told me to tell my wife um, and any police officer that might show up. Um, the very interesting thing about the next couple of years is going to be the politics and the dynamics of what happened with them trying to get rid of Trump. Um, so it's just I, I, well, it's, you know, it's really funny. You know, there's going around this this uh, this impeachment debate is really a really a fun thing to watch. I mean, you know. People are just been running around saying, in horror, and horror, my God, they're thinking of impeaching, impeaching Trump. This is just politics, politics, politics. But it's exactly what they did to Clinton. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. So what we have here now is, you know, we, we talk in our uh, transpartisan world about the matrix. So we have a situation where, there, where there's a real, the Democrats face a real problem, because if Trump is impeached and thrown out of office, then Pence comes in, and Pence is probably a, a, a more a palatable candidate for a lot of the people. There are 30, there are 30 districts uh, that were, were, were pretty much for Trump, you know, in the, in the 5% or more range, uh, that the Democratic Congress people. That's where the big wave came from. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.